Hello, friends and enemies, and to all my friendly enemies. I'm Chelsea Nicole, and you're listening to The Slighted Show. You may be wondering why I used friends and enemies in my opening. Well, for starters, it's gender neutral. Secondly, it's exciting. Thirdly, it informs the spies in my mitts that I am onto them. And lastly, it drives home the point that you are either with me or against me. And now to the point of the podcast. If this is your first time listening, on the podcast, I interview magicians about their life story. I believe everyone has a unique story, and my goal is to highlight the magician's story rather than focusing primarily on their projects. All right, so usually I do intros by myself, but I thought I would do this intro a little bit different and uh, for Daniel Garcia's interview that I just did a couple days ago, and I have my brother on the line with me to do this What's interview. What's up? Or this intro, just an interview. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's, I thought this would be such a funny uh, intro is to talk about the first time I ever met Danny Garcia and how that happened because I got brought into the magic community through my brother, Eric. And he, uh, he'd gone to a couple conventions at this point. And I remember you had gone, um, 2013, you'd gone to magic live. Yeah. And you flew into Orlando rather than Jacksonville. I think the tickets are cheaper. And I was living there at the time. Yeah. So you flew in, I picked you up and we immediately went out to eat and you were like on cloud nine, just being like telling me story after story of how amazing magic live was and yeah that, and also i will say this that was my first ever convention like on my own so it was yes. just like another level too of being like i went to the best convention of all time on my own and it was like oh my right. god like this is insane yeah and so i remember so we talked so we talked about that and then um I'm, i don't remember the it must have been one year later i was still living in orlando and the daytona magic convention was coming up and you said Chelsea, I really think you're going to like this. Like, you should come with me. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, a, a magic convention? Like, I had no, like, I had heard the stories, but I was like, I, okay, you know, sure, why not? And you were even so generous because you said, you know, I'll, I'll pay for you. Because I was like, I can't, like, afford this. Like, yeah, but uh, also Daytona is like $100 to go to. So. Well, still, that was very kind of you. And yeah, yeah, so and no other conventions will I pay for, but I'll pay for Daytona (laughs) if you ever want to go again. I don't mind. Yeah. So uh, we went to the Daytona Magic Convention and I was that 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 was the point that I got like hooked into the magic community with Eric. But I my only knowledge of magic was Eric showing me tricks. And we did. I mean, to be honest, I had a lot of knowledge of magic and sleight of hand and techniques and methods, but no idea about any names ever like seriously none like I didn't know magicians I was so uneducated about magicians Eric knew all that because he was doing all this research right yeah so and um so for me meeting a magician I didn't know like I would meet someone and he could be super like incredibly talented professional like a big yeah, deal that's you, you met Garrett at, Thomas there at Daytona. yeah and I mean but it didn't yeah I didn't nothing connected like you know I'm like oh you're just a person to me because I didn't know who was who like I I just was talking to people yeah um and I really wasn't starstruck because I didn't know yeah any yeah I didn't know to be I very uneducated so fast forward 2015 well 2015 
Because no, you're, you're right. You, you're, or yeah, yeah, might have been two, honestly. No, yeah, it was, no, it was, it was just about be one that, year. Whatever, 2015. Whatever. I again, yeah, you're right. It was 2015, so it was only one year later, and I'm still very new to the magic community, and yeah. and and Danny Garcia's trick was the first trick you ever bought with your own money. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, the first. What? I was 15, and I saved up to buy greed, maybe 16 or something. And that was the first time I'd ever had money to actually buy a trick. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll hear more about that if you listen to the podcast I did with Eric, which will come out weeks later. Um, but he talks about, you know, you grew up, you didn't have money. And so that's actually a big deal that your first trick Wait, you ever did bought. You just, did you just say weeks later or a week later? A couple weeks later. Oh, okay. I was about to say, it's like, don't make me follow Danny, man. That's intimidating. No, you're, you'll be a couple weeks after, after this podcast cool, comes cool. out, you'll get to hear mine and Eric's interview. So yeah, so he'd saved up. So for you, Daniel Garcia is this hero of yours. Oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, I studied his stuff. It was the first, yeah. First thing I ever bought was him. So. Yeah. Right. And so, okay. So it's, uh, so it's 2015, 2015 magic, magic we're at magic live last day of the convention. Everyone's having a good time drinking at the bar downstairs, like on the convention floor. Yeah. And <laughs> Just, I want you to tell the story from here. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Andre, who created the butterfly playing cards, is showing off what he can do with the butterfly cards sitting on the ground. Chris Kenner's there. He's being fooled. Uh, Chris Kenner's also, like, a hero of mine that I'm, like, starstruck by. But then, like, all these heroes are, like, there. Chad Long's there. Danny's there. Yeah. And I'm just, like, sitting there. And, like, Chelsea and I are sort of watching on the outskirts. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is an intimidating circle to be a yeah. part of. And I could tell that other people were feeling that because I saw other people standing on the outskirts just like me and not infiltrating. Uh, luckily, I have a secret weapon. It's Chelsea. <laughs> and Chelsea doesn't know anything that these guys are huge deals. She just sees guys, <laughs> she sees grown men sitting on the ground of a casino doing card tricks. Like any other person sees that and you're like, that's a pitiful sight. Like, you're literally (laughs) in public, and you're sitting on, like, there's tables not too far away, but they just chose to sit down right here and do card tricks. Uh, And so they're they're literally sitting on the ground performing. Um, And I point to Danny, and I, like, tell Chelsea, I'm like, hey, go talk to him or do something. I don't know exactly what I said, but I just kind of was like, that guy, him, go engage with him. You, yeah, and you then, said, go talk to him and then bring me in. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I, I'll join in. And uh, she did. And that was our, that was like, I mean, I'd, I'd talked to Danny before. I'd seen him lecture. I'd, you know, like said, hey, here, there. He's at some of the TOM convention once. Uh, so I had conversations with him, but I had never I think, like talked to him before. But I think my favorite part, because I do remember this, is that you said, go talk to him. And then bring me into the conversation because you told me to bring yeah, yeah, yeah. you in. And I was like, okay, I happen to also be drunk. So oh, yeah. I had no uh, c- uh, c- like construct of time at this point. So apparently I talked to Danny oh, for like God, 30 yeah. you talked to forever. 45 minutes. You just sat and chatted and with him even, all day. And I was like, yeah, this and is Eric's the worst. Like, are you kidding me? When are you going to call me over and be like, oh, hey, meet my brother. And then you finally were like, I have to come over there. And so you like walk up and I, like, when as you're walking, I'm like, oh, I was supposed to. Hey, this is my brother Eric, and and I mean he's so nice, and it was it, it turned out to be, you know, no big deal, but 
it felt like a big yeah you know, like, that was great right. and then that was the night that we that uh then chad long bought us all drinks oh yeah that's right and i was honestly like it was another moment for me where i was just shocked chad knew my name because he looked at me and was like what yeah. are you drinking and I shut down because I was like, Chad just, because he was like, Eric, what are you having tonight? And I was like, oh my God, Chad just called me by my first name. And so I shut down and just was like, uh, Appletini, like an idiot, because that's all I could think of. Uh, <laughs> and he just stared at me and was like, that's weird. All right. And he went and got me an Appletini. And I was like, what a strange night tonight is. And yeah, uh, yeah that was... Uh, Convention life. And then, yeah. and then that started... That started a friendship, and then you know, ever since then, we yeah. we talked to Danny every convention. He's awesome, and and so I just it's just funny that that's how it started. And I think he will really crack up when he hears this story because he'll just yeah. be like, "What me? Are you kidding I me?" I can't believe we haven't shared that story before. And then nope. I think about uh-huh. how embarrassing yeah. it is, and then I go, "That's why we've never shared the story before." Yeah, but it's funny. We can, you know, we're, we're past yeah. it now, so. Anyways, all right, thanks for doing the intro for me, and we are going to go ahead now and just jump on into the interview with Danny. All right, so I have Danny Garcia on the line, and I have questions from you that the audience has submitted to us through Facebook and Instagram. Are you That's ready? crazy. That's crazy. I just ran out of time, so I don't have the time to do no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, that was good. It was a good short. We'll put up uh, two seconds of you saying that, and That sounds out. great. That's good. And we're out. And cut. <laughs> and scene. Okay. Yeah, go, he no, cares uh, about me. I just want the audience to know he cares a lot about me and my time, but your questions are lame. That's coming straight from Danny. So. <laughs> I'm not putting words in his mouth. This is him. This is definitely it is. him. I actually emailed this earlier. <laughs> okay. So let's start. Um, the username is It's Coveny. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. And his question is, what does Danny have for young magicians out there looking to become successful? What advice do you have for young magicians? It depends on what their, uh, what their definition of successful is. I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Um, I, right now, I see that a lot of young magicians are interested in just creating magic and selling magic. That's the biggest mm-hmm. trend that I see, right? Mm-hmm. That and, and uh, obviously social media. So... Um, one, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't just go create and try to sell this thing just to make make some coin. Like make sure it's something that you are passionate about, right. and make sure it's something that you put thought into, and that you know. And when it's ready, you'll know it's ready. Like it's not you know if you're questioning you know this or if it's just based off of this off of a monetary thing, then you know it's not. That's not the reason to do it. Right. Uh, so. Um, so, but it it honestly does depend on what on what the goal is of what successful is to them because you can is success fame is success you know money is success mean respect like what is it that you want the biggest thing I can tell you man is look just you know like we were talking about Paul earlier man just follow your bliss if it's making you happy right. and what what you and I were talking about with college and all that stuff if it's making you happy like then keep doing it work hard. You know, it's the same thing my dad told me. Work as hard as you can. Try to do the best as you can. Uh, and well, you know, I think what you're saying also is like a piece of advice because you're saying, well, I don't know what successful is for them. So maybe even the advice could be defining what success is for you because you, you know, had talked about your story and when you met um, Chris Kenner, you said I wanted to be able to buy a viper and so it wasn't really about the viper but you had already decided what success looked like for you and i think that probably helps give you that motivation if you already know what's going to be success what success looks like right i mean 
You made that sound way cooler than I did. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, listen to me. You don't need. You know what? I'm gonna ask the question and answer the questions. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna sit here. I mean, that is that's exactly yeah. That's a that is a that's that's a good way to put it. That is. I'm. I was stealing your words. I really was. No, no. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's amazing. That's because that it really is. I think just figure you know figure it out. Figure out what you what you want first figure out what that goal is uh, and then you know bleed that goal as much as you can what's the last non-magic book you read the last non-magic book ooh uh like full book or like because i have like i've got a book um that i read like i've got books that Mm -hmm. i just go like i uh go through like um there's uh what is it daily stoic uh that's uh but i but i just read that just like a quip a day you know what i mean it's like one little uh, you know excerpt from it a day is Uh, that um is daily stoic like is that a kind of a spiritual thing is that right yeah kind of i mean i I don't like i guess you know that that also depends on what your definition of spiritual is uh it's you know it's just kind of you know it's I'm really big into just, you know, positivity and just kind of trying to stay as positive as I can and trying to stay in a good mindset and making sure that I empathize with as many people as possible. And, um, and especially like, I guess the older I get, I mean, I'm not extremely old, you know, 30, 37, 38 next week. And, uh, I, I think that growing up when I was younger, it was a lot of, uh, anger is not, it it wasn't anger, but there was a lot of like, I guess, I guess growing up small and, you know, fat and, you know, Mm -hmm. with curly nappy hair and, it was kind of, you know, you kind of built this guard up around you. Uh, and the older that I get, the older, and, you know, even more so now, it started a long time ago, but even more so now, it's just reminders of, you know, just have empathy and kindness and mm-hmm. passion for everybody, you know. Uh, yeah. And so and each one of those is just like a little, a little quip. Um, I think the last full cover to cover that I read was uh, The Four Agreements. Um, oh yeah, that was probably the last. Uh, and then there was a really good creative book that I just read uh, called Aha. Uh, it was a book on creativity. Do you like that? Um, it's amazing. It's incredible. And did you like the Four Agreements? I loved it. It's uh, I mean, okay. it's that and meditations. Our meditations is really great by Marcus Aurelius. Um. So yeah, there's uh, those are probably the last uh, the last kind of, I think books that I that I read. Okay, so uh. Your boy Magic asked, "Are you still playing music?" Uh, yeah, I play music every day, every nice. single um, yeah, every day. I mean, every day that I'm around an instrument, you know what I mean. I love nice. I love writing. Uh, you know, I'm not amazing at singing. Um, I'm, I you know I'm not terrible, but you know I'm not a I'm not you know I'm in no way I'm an American Idol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I enjoy the process. Uh, I, anything creative, I love anything that Great. any when you make something, anything you make. Um, I find incredible. So, you know, b- bringing a thought into existence to me is, is incredible. So what, uh, what do you play? Uh, I play guitar, piano, drums. Um, and then I just bought, uh, I just bought a vast drum, which is amazing. It's like a, like a hand pan, um, okay. or like a hang drum. Uh, so it's kind of like that. So I just got one of those. It's a, it looks like a UFO and you hit it with your fingers and it's, you know, it sounds like spa music. Boom, 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 boom. Um, <laughs> But I just got one of those, so I could kind of mess around and play with that. But mainly, like on the on the daily, pretty much guitar. I pretty much play guitar on the daily. 
do you like ever want to release any music at all because i mean you've got a lot of fans people would want to listen to it for sure uh, I don't, you know, it's funny because like the first Garcia projects were all music that I had done myself, right? I, I did okay. the sound, you know, the score, soundtrack, whatever you want to call it to that. I uh, did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So all the music that are on the Garcia project was all, was all written, uh, and, you know, by, by myself. And so, that, and that's the part that I enjoy. I enjoy writing more than anything. Like it's more of a stress relief. It's more like a diary. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way for me to kind of put, uh, emotion out i'm not a big like even though i'm really big on empathizing with other people i i don't want people to deal with or have to experience like whatever i'm going through in my head like if i'm going through something and i'm working my way through something i want to make sure that doesn't bleed out you know what i mean i want to make sure that people that that doesn't go out to other people i want to just kind of i would rather help them with whatever they're going through than have them worry about what i'm going through so um, is it kind of like a way to process your emotions in a way like, yeah exactly and so I, okay. I think that music is more of a way for me to be like you know what this is a way for you to get out what you want to get out without having to worry anybody you know what i mean um yeah. not that anything bad's going on just it's you know we all have funky days and we all have thoughts and we all have you know different different things and it's just uh that's a sure. way for me to to process it so do you write like um I, i'm super not educated about music at all but do you when you say write music do you mean like words to songs or do you mean like just the music itself like the uh, both. Like, uh, yeah, both. Okay, both. Uh, so yeah, okay. I'll do like I'll either do instrumentals. A lot of the time it is uh words. So a lot of the time it's actual, uh, okay. like an like an actual song song. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome. Um, let's see. What's this is from Card Phantom. What's the worst thing that ever happened while you were performing a trick? The worst thing that's ever happened while performing a trick. Mm-hmm. Man, what is the worst thing that's ever happened while performing a trick? Ooh. Ugh. Let me think. Let me think. That's a good question. Uh, worst pressure, thing pressure, that happened. I know. That's. What I'm trying to figure out like what's the because I've had like I've had some crazy things happen, but I've never had. I mean, we've all had like tricks like just mess up. You know what Go I mean? Wrong. But I'm yeah. I'm pretty. Excuse me. I'm pretty honest when it comes to uh, to messing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a trick last night, and uh, and I legitimately lost this dude's card, and. Uh, <laughs> And I, uh, I thought that the car, I thought that the card was the top card of the deck, and I turned it over, and they were like, no, and I just, I looked at them and I said, well, I messed that one up, and they all laughed, uh, and I, we just moved forward. Um, but uh, the worst thing was probably, uh, probably, I did a show a long time ago when I was right before college. I got hired to do a show for Walmart. Okay. Uh, but it was like a stage kind of show. And uh, I completely bombed because I was not a stage magician. Gotcha. And I completely, completely bombed this show. Um, and that was probably, probably one of the worst feelings I have ever had was leaving that show and knowing that they were, were that they were disappointed. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, probably 18, maybe something okay, like that. Okay. Like, gotcha. uh, like I was old enough to where my ego was still there, you know, in yeah, full yeah. force. Uh, and, and young and cocky enough to not to like be able to be like, yeah, I can do a stage show. You know what I mean? Oh, um, I've been there. I sometimes am still there. <laughs> yeah. So that was probably the worst, uh, the worst thing like the like that's the first thing that pops in my head as far as feeling okay. like that's that was the worst feeling that I had and I was like Ugh, it was just yeah. this gross oily feeling you know yeah 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 
definitely. I uh, I decided not super long ago to do stand-up for the first time on an open oh. mic, and, and it was like, oh, this is so hard. It's so, extremely hard. It's extremely so hard, but hard. I'm happy I did it. Um, it was good. Good experience for yeah, just, it like, putting yourself yeah. out there. Oh, um, yeah. So bad. Will... Will Kylie, I hope I said your name right, is asking, is Danny returning to Tannen's Magic Camp 2019? 100%. Nice. Tannen's is amazing. Tan, that nice. camp is incredible. That is something extremely special. Awesome. All right, well, people yeah. are going to be excited to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to be there. John Hinton asks, which TV, pro- uh, TV project moments have you been most proud of? Mm. Uh, there's different, there's different things for different, like, obviously I'm very proud of David. Like that's uh, like yeah. a, and especially like the last, like two, two, um, two shows, uh, because it was, the, those were like something that were very, you know, ideas that like, you know, leapt off of the note book and helped and got jammed around i mean those though i'm very very proud of that so that's kind of a okay. like a blanket a blanket pride i think uh and then there's little pieces so there's pieces of different shows that i'm really uh, really proud of and there's pieces that like didn't make air that i'm very proud of you know what i mean yeah. um but there's like some stuff like recently there was like some ideas that i did for this netflix show and uh you never want to like you don't want to step on anybody's toes, right? You don't want to step on producers or like uh, or directors or anything like that. You know, can't you know, DPs or any any of those kind of guys. You know, it's not my job to to shoot to figure out what angle this uh, this camera wants to shoot at to get the feeling that they want. Uh, although it is my job, I don't want it to feel like their idea doesn't you know is doesn't have any merit or isn't valued, right? Because that's what they're hired for. Uh, but there was like a couple of different shots for this last show that like I went up to the director and I was like, hey man, I've got this really cool idea, um, because I wanted, I wanted like I thought the idea of doing like a bill change, um, for a guy, but there being a mirror behind the guy, was a really cool idea because you could and the, and we would shoot from over the magician's shoulder, so you saw the over the magician's shoulder point of view, you oh. saw and then you saw in the mirror what the spectator's point of view was and we got to shoot the actual reaction of the spect uh, I, i'm calling a spectator and they're not spectators but uh but the audience member right? Yeah. right um so you got everything it was like all in one package you know what i mean it was it was it was the best of all the worlds which because shooting magic for television is very hard uh and so it was the best of everything you got so it, the trick was 360 this bill change was 360 plus you got to see the the reaction and see what the guy saw in his own eyes. So I was really proud of that. And then there was another, um, another thing with, uh, like a ripple where we would touch the water and the water would ripple. And, uh, we use this uh, like moving pip card. Um, but the reaction of the spectator was seen in the reflection of the actual, uh, water. So you got to see the magic moment in the water, but also see what the reaction of the audience was in their, in their reflection. That's so cool. Uh yeah, so those I was really proud of those and um and then there's like little things, just a bunch of like little uh like different ideas and projects. And then there's a bunch of stuff that, you know, that's in my notebooks when I'm sitting around, you know, round table that didn't make anything that I'm like, "Oh, that's going to be something super cool." You know what I mean? Mhm. So, so we kind of 
talked about this um, earlier, but let's see if we can talk a little bit about it more. Um, Javier, Javier Bonilla, 34, says, Through a lens of history, what is the state of magic worldwide? And have the proliferation of TV shows work um, in favor or against the art? We kind of talked a little bit about this. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's... Uh, like, I think that magic is, you know, definitely um, in a really good spot right now. Uh, I think that magic being on television is incredible. Like, just because it's making, it's, you know, bringing attention to magic. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's allowing people that normally wouldn't see it to see it. The problem, or not problem, I guess a cha- challenge would be the correct word that I see, uh is that there's a lot of tele- magic that's not done right on television. And we're, okay. you know, glorifying certain things that shouldn't be glorified. You know, it's it's cheapening our art form, basically. What, um, do you, what would be something that's glorified that shouldn't be glorified? Uh, I mean, just different, you know, I, I don't... Me, personally, I think that the way that magic is shot right now is not... You know, it's just... It's not right. Uh, with all the editing and all of the... You know, there's... It's being shot more like a reality TV show because that's how production companies understand how to shoot television, you know? And, you know, the, the beauty of, like, Blaine is that it's not... It doesn't feel anything like a reality TV show. Right. Uh, it feels it feels like you are there with David. Magic is about connecting, right? right? It's about connecting with that person. And it's a lot like food that's on television. You know, you can watch somebody make a beautiful dish with, you know beautiful presentation and it looks and your mouth starts watering and but you have no idea the experience that you're going to get when you smell and taste Mm -hmm. when you're there it's live right right? Right. so you can appreciate it but you can't get that level of appreciation unless you're actually there and that's kind of how magic uh that's how magic is and that's how it should it should be uh I, I think that it should be figured out. I think people are getting a lot smarter nowadays, right? Our our right. access to yeah. information is is abundant, right? Yeah. <laughs> um and people are you know, people are getting a lot smarter rapidly. And so I think that the future of magic is authenticity, right? Which is um you know, if you look at shows like Carbonaro and shows like uh, mm-hmm. The Last Wilman show, they're not trying to be fool you, fool you ma- magic shows. Those shows are about people. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's there's three different types of shows. There's the show that there's magic shows that are about the people. There's magic shows that are about the magician, and there's magic okay. shows that are about both. Right. Uh, right. And if that if the show's about people, you know, you look at like Carbonaro and you look at Wilman, they don't people don't try to question, you know, or I should say more people than the average magic show don't try to question how the trick works. They're enjoying watching what these people's reactions, like like Blaine's first special, right? Right, which would be uh, good for magic, correct? Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. Now, uh, I think that like the next step is what's the what's the next step to where it's not just about the people, right? Where where can you have people respect you as a magician, understand that you are doing some sort of magic? You know, if I, I like a goal of mine would be to be like, hey, look. Here's a thumb tip. This is how I make this silk vanish. And then you make the silk vanish right in front of them. And and they still have no clue how you did it. 
even though you just explained to them how you did it because your people understand that it's not real they want to believe that it's real you know like the inside of them they want to believe it's real they understand right. that it's not uh so if you can short circuit that um then that's incredible so if you know more shows kind of start uh thinking about that and thinking you know a little more authentic um and put a little more thought into detail then i think that that would be uh that'd be a really really good thing but i don't i don't think it's in a bad spot i think that uh magic is shifting also like um you know uh there's a big shift that's happening especially with social media you know you get you have like instagram magic now which is magic that you're not going to do in real life I think right. that the the bad thing is like whenever you get guys who are like faking reactions, right? And yeah. who are uh who are like, "Oh, I need you to I need you to react to this thing." And it's like, "Look, you're not you're cheapening you're you're just cheapening what we do, man." Like you're not don't right. don't call yourself a magician then. Like right. call yourself an entertainer if you want to. Um but don't don't say you're doing magic. Like I'm not I'm not going to dog you for doing what you're doing. I know you're out trying to hustle and you're trying to make a living, but you know, don't don't cheapen my art form you know so is do you think when magic can only be done on either youtube or instagram is that cheapening the art form do you think or is it just like a different i I think it's just it's just different yeah it's a different it's it's kind of like uh you know how you know when david came out and david you know street magic became a thing right that and Mm -hmm. people knew it by street magic now even though street magic existed and it was something different Right. people start associating that as street magic this is street magic right and it kind of and there was a fork in the road right I think that that's what's happening right now. I think that there's Instagram and social media and Instagram magic is becoming its own thing, right? But people understand that there is, and they're going to understand even more quickly, I believe, and they're going to start processing it a lot faster that like, oh yeah, that that dollar bill has something special about it, you know? Uh, You know, those kind of things whenever they're doing that Instagram magic. And I'm not talking about like people putting up a, you know, videos of them performing for people and freaking out. You know, I'm talking about people that are doing magic for the camera to, to fool the kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's still merit in that thought. Like those designs, some of the designs that you watch that people come up with are incredible. Uh, just the, the mechanics behind them, the thinking behind them are great. They have merit themselves, you know? Right. Uh, but it's not, I don't think that it's, it's magical, I should say. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I I don't think that it's magic magic. I think it's magical and, you know, uh, but I think that people, you know, also can start seeing, you know, well, what, what did he do with that? How did he build that? He made something, you know, uh, it's just, it's just the social media where I'm just like, where they're just like, Hey, look here and freak out or like watch this from behind, even though you 100% know that you can't watch that from behind, from behind um, yeah. and still, and then still freak out about it. And to me, that's just like, yeah. Hey, like, don't like chill out with that. Like you don't, don't that just that. all that sh- all that shows to me is insecurity. That's all that shows, you know. Right. Um, right. I I agree with that. I think if you can't see from behind, that's okay. There's a time and place for it. Just do the trick on YouTube without like the audience. Like you don't need like someone freaking out. You could just do it and let people watch it. Yeah, okay. exactly. And then don't get upset whenever you know magicians are upset that you're doing that. Like, just like, hey, like, if you have a whole a whole society that's angry. Uh, at a certain thing and you understand and you feel like you're doing something wrong then you're probably doing something wrong (laughs) definitely definitely i mean i think that's important that whatever medium i mean if you're part of the magic community then and there's not respect there for you then you probably should be kind of working on that on like what do you need to do yeah i mean if you go community yeah if you go film a trick 
and you're not getting reactions from that trick, so you have to fake that trick, that means you need to continue either working on that trick sure. or mm -hmm. you need to figure out why it's not resonating with those people. Right. There's no reason for you to put that. You have control over your content, right? So figure something else out. You know, yeah, I think that I think sure. the downside of magic being so uh, so popular right now is things like like if you look at double cross, double cross is an extremely fantastic trick, right? It is a, a great trick. Draw a little X on your hand, pull the X off, it appears on their hand. It's incredible, yeah. right? I think the only problem with it now is that everybody and their mom's dog are performing it on Instagram and on YouTube and on so so you're no longer an original magician. You're no longer you're, you're there's nothing special about that now. You know what I mean? You're doing the right. exact same tricks that everybody else are doing. So and not that that's I mean if that's what you there's nothing wrong with being you know kind of a cover band magician. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's creators and there's people who perform other people's stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I just I think that seeing all of it out there so much is like, all right, I get it. You know what I mean? Right, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely some negatives with content moving over to social yeah, media. Yeah, I think, and I, and and, like and I think, and but like a little little negative, you know, little right, negative. Right. Not a, it's not a, it's not an asteroid getting ready to hit the world. So. Okay, so I can't read this person's... I just don't know how to pronounce this person's screen name, so sorry, uh, friend. We'll call, um, we'll, we'll call him Jimmy. But, yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> so his question for you is, what is your creative process like? It's um, That's a very difficult question to answer, um, and I've, I've been asked it before It's uh, because it's always different. Um, there's little things that I do that I think help out uh, with the creative process, but I think that... The biggest thing that I can tell Jimmy <laughs> is uh, um, is creativity is, I feel like it's, it's like a muscle, right? Mm -hmm. And the more you use it and the more, creativity is, is surrounded by doubt, mm -hmm. right? And it's surrounded by, um, by you doubting yourself and it's surrounded by insecurity. And that's the biggest thing is breaking through that. You know, and that's it's you put you need to push that aside and understand that, you know, one of the best things that you could do is fail at something that you love. Right. Something that you are passionate about. That is one of the best things that you could ever do. OK. Yeah. So uh, because you learn and you continuously grow. So I think that there is no one process like there's things that you can do to to help out but once you start if it's like a muscle and if i look at something like if i'm in a if i'm on if i'm in a certain kind of pattern every single day right we all go we all live through pattern right we yeah. wake up we normally do the same kind of routine every morning right you get up you shower brush your teeth make coffee you know whatever whatever your routine is well in, for me, instead of that routine being just that routine, I try to just kind of keep my mind open for anything, right? So I might have my routine, but instead of where your that routine is now mindless, mm -hmm. uh, I, I try to use that, that space to think, right? Yeah. So uh, I might see the way like, you know, water is like, I'm taking a shower and maybe the water coming out of the faucet is making a high-pitched squeak. Well, I might, instead of me being like, man, why is that making a squeak? It's, why is that making a squeak, right? Like, what's causing that to happen? What's, what? I'm just, I'm inquisitive, right? Being what's curious. making this, be, yeah, just very, very, yeah, very curious, yeah. So that way you can, uh, you can now use that, 
right? Well, mm-hmm. if that's what if I find out that the reason that that's making a squeak is because water is being pushed at a certain angle through this? Okay, well, what if there's a trick that I need to do where, you know, I need to make this high-pitched squeak with water for some reason? You know, not that that mm-hmm. would happen, but now I've got that kind of loaded in, in the chamber, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's one thing. A, a big thing uh, I use... I'm a, I'm a big visual guy, so, like, I get ideas from seeing things um so if i i i tend to go i'll go to barnes and noble i probably go maybe once every two weeks right now maybe once Mm -hmm. once every three weeks just just because i'm busy um and i'll walk uh up and down the aisles and i'll look at um book covers that's so cool yeah and the book covers and then i imagine what that dvd would be like if i was buying that trick in a magic shop so yeah. if I see, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is, right? So uh, I'm trying to see if I have a book around me right now. Um, I do, but they're all magic books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if I, let, let's say I see a, a book and the book has, uh, you know, a bunch of words typed out on the cover of this, of this book and there's black lines. So let's say it's a book about like UFOs and aliens and secret documents, mm-hmm. right? And and the whole cover is nothing is covered from edge to edge with, you know, old fashioned typed out, you know, forms with black blocks going through it. Right. Mm -hmm. I now look at that and I go, what's that magic trick? If I'm buying that magic trick, what is that magic trick? Okay, well, it's a bunch of uh, it's a bunch of words all blocked out. So what if it's a single page that has all those words blocked out? And except for six different words, right? And I have them, and now my brain immediately goes to the obvious, which is have them think of a word and have, you know, have them reveal that word, right? So that's kind of the obvious kind of thing. Well, then I start trying to think, all right, well, what would make, if I was doing that trick, what would make me excited about it, right? Mm-hmm. So I would go, okay, well, if all the, what if all those lines were like one of those optical illusions where you hold it at an angle and you they all they're all words, right? So if it's a thought of if it's a thought of uh, word trick, so let's say one of those all the black lines that are blacking out the paragraphs, and then you've got six words. They choose a word, and now you tilt the paper, and now those black lines form the word that they're thinking of, right? So now I think, yeah. okay, well that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Then I go, all right, well, what else can I use it for? Well, can I use it for folding? What if I fold it? I, I tend to like just go like the opposite of what I would normally do. Like, what are things that you could do? Like, you wouldn't normally do origami with this piece of paper, right? So if I fold origami up, is it going to... So And I just start writing all this down. Like, I just start putting it in my notes in, in Barnes & Noble. Uh, and then I go, okay, well, that's... A, and I take a picture of the book. Yeah. And then... Uh, so I use that a lot. I do that a lot with anything. And, and I pretty much do. It's like now it's not just in bookstores. Now anything I see that has like that's been designed for a mm-hmm. cover of a movie or anything like that, I just now I go, okay, well, what's the what's the trick that would go with that uh, that design? Um, and it just opens up a lot of possibilities. That's so crazy that you share that story because I had a class in college and we had to do a writing project and we went to Barnes and Nobles and just had to look at book covers and just words that stood out to us and why did they stand out to us and then like whoa write about how you experienced it because it was about like finding your own voice and like whoa wh- yeah why why it stood out to you and so i'm like i hadn't thought about it in years and then you're telling the story and i'm like oh my god i did something so similar and it was just it was like this professor just liked trying like she was really cool just 
it's like, we should go do this. And it was like, all right, we're going to do this. And yeah, and it was really interesting. And it was supposed to be a way to just like assess yourself though and like find your voice and yeah, yeah. definitely. No, I, I love it. I mean, I think there's something, I, I'm just extremely visual. So it helps me, like it helps kind of like jumpstart. You know what I mean? It gives me, it mm-hmm. gives me, a, it, it's very hard for me to sit down and go, I'm going to create a trick today. That's a very mm-hmm. difficult thing for me to do. Definitely. Uh, but it's it's easy for me to, like, if somebody calls me, if so, if a magician calls me and is like, "Hey, I want help with this, um, with this TV spot," then I say, "Cool. What are you thinking about?" And it's easy for me to take what they're thinking about and then start pulling pieces and like everything they give me is just clay, and I just take all the clay that I have and I add it to it and I just start sculpting something out of it. You know what I mean? That's a much easier process for me. So same thing with DVDs and books and that kind of stuff. I just look at it. That's my clay. And I add what I know and what I have already. And I just kind of start start sculpting. The other big thing I do is, um, which I haven't done in a while. I need to do it again. Is I would keep a notebook next to my bed. And in the morning, I would just write down three ideas. that, Like the very first thing that I had. I didn't care what it was. So it didn't even cool. have to be about, mag- about magic. Yeah, sure. Um, it was just three ideas. Just boom, boom, boom. Um and I, I didn't care if they were bad or good or if they it could have been an invention. It could have been anything. And then I turn the page. And then the next day, I write three ideas down on the next page and then turn the page. Three ideas the next day, turn the page. So it's, I'm always looking at a fresh page mm-hmm. with nothing else nothing else in my view. Mm-hmm. And then once that notebook gets filled up, uh, and it's just like just like a little um, it's like a little dot grid uh, like moleskin type notebook, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. Once that gets filled up, I now close the book and then not first thing in the morning, in the afternoon before I go to bed, I'll go to the first page and that's from months ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't remember sometimes what any of that stuff is. So then now I just start writing down ideas based off of those three ideas that I just have or I'll start combining those ideas or start doing, and I just start writing that in, the, in, excuse me, in the rest of the space. And I just, and I continue with that and then I flip to the next page and I do the same thing again. And then whenever that's done, I do the exact same thing. I go to the front of the page again. So I go through it three times and I just go through this through the front of it again. And I just look at everything I wrote and just start writing ideas down based on all those. But what you find it starts doing is it starts, your brain starts thinking about things in a very different way because right. the first ideas are based off of just random, you know, first ideas in the morning that you're probably going to forget, you know, that afternoon, like a dream, you know, mm-hmm. and then the next idea you have, you see like the thought that you put into analyzing what those were you know right and then the ideas after that you get this kind of you know jumbled up you know mixture of things it's it's a really really fun uh, fun way to kind of just be creative yeah and i mean i feel like your brain starts you know taking the random and like actually making patterns and and like I, that's so cool because i think your process is like it's giving your brain the opportunity to like just get everything out and then you can analyze it later which i think some people, I think they're going about it a little bit wrong where they're like, I have to come up with an idea and it has to be magic. And so there's that pressure. And this seems a lot more open and free. And like, you're, you're I already... Think th- yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. I think that that is kind of one of the keys is is when we were talking about, um, you know, insecurities and things like that is one of the big things that I am very proud of is being able to put a team together whenever I go work on these TV shows whenever I'm head of the of, of magic I can bring in my own team and the team understands that there is no ego that the mm-hmm. ego is checked at the door mm-hmm. 
And it's amazing to watch it develop over the years and watch the security develop to where, you know, Alex is amazing at it because Alex will just start throwing stuff out. It doesn't matter what it is, right? He'll just start throwing ideas. Boom, boom. What about this? What about that? And they could be ridiculous, but you know what? Everything gets written down. Everything. Right, right. And he knows that nobody's going to judge him. Like, we're all there just to use our brains. It doesn't matter what it is. So you just, if you can put out as much as you can and then analyze it later, like, let's sit, like, just throw it out, throw it out, throw it out, you know? Uh, and a way to do that is like, if you're in a secure space and you're in a secure environment, you know, uh, and you feel like you're in a secure environment that people aren't going to make fun of you and that people aren't going to judge you, then those ideas tend to just flow. It's really amazing. Right. So that's, I kind of want to end on that. Like I, you know, there's other questions, but we're kind of out of time. And I like the idea of ending on reminding magicians, these young magicians that are creative like to surround yourself with other supportive people that aren't going to judge you because that's the only way to be like that feel that freedom to create a hundred percent yeah definitely and if they don't if they don't uh if you have friends that aren't supportive and aren't creative then you know what just lead by example like don't Mm -hmm. don't worry about them like you know Mm -hmm. eventually they're going to see that your ideas are that that you're dope for having ideas themselves Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um, and they're going to, they'll, they'll hop on board. Positivity, love always wins. I'm sorry. Like it's, a, right. people can disagree with me, uh, on, on positivity and, and, but I truly, truly believe that, you know, love will always win. So I agree. I like that. That's a good ending. So on that, let's just end on that note. Thanks so Sweet. much for your time, Danny. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for listening to the slighted show. Music was brought to you by Luca Sommerfeld, a longtime listener. Thank you again, Luca, for your contribution to the podcast. That's all, folks. We'll see you next week.